put a three-year-old in, they could probably take it 40 yards of the house against the Jets. in a row where you've lost by over 40 points. Here's Kovalchuk, plays it across. He's got Sajak, quick shot, scores! Travis Sajak wins it in overtime! Welcome in to the shutout here on WJMU 89.5 The Quad. It's the week of Thanksgiving. How are you feeling, Felix? Um, you sound very know. thankful. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the first year out of many that I'm not actually going home for Thanksgiving, so I don't know whether to take that as a blessing or a curse. But you know, like you said, I guess I'll get in the spirit and be thankful. And you know, I've always wanted to go to a Lions Thanksgiving Day game, but never have. So, well, I don't think anyone's going to a Lions Thanksgiving Day game this yeah, year. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. Um, yeah, we got a. Uh, Kind of a Thanksgiving special episode for you. Um, we're going to just go through, kind of talk about what people should be thankful for. Obviously, Felix and I won't be live in the studio on Tuesday to record this. Um, for next week, uh, when this is out, so um, there's only one game that's been played out of our picks. It was Seattle Arizona. We both got it wrong. <laughs> so yeah. Arizona decided to to lose to Russell Wilson. Um, and, and so that was really the only relevant sports thing. Um, we're just going to kind of go through and, and be in the spirit of, of being thankful. Let's just talk about what a lot of people have to be thankful for. I mean, so I, I guess just kicking it off here, um, what does the NBA have to be thankful for? The NBA as a whole? Or you know, I figured, I figured <clears throat> the NBA, the MLB, and the NHL should be done as a whole because they're out of season right now. Those that are in season we can actually look at in depth. I mean, um. M- the NBA as a whole, NBA, what are they thankful for right now? The NBA as a whole should be thankful for, I don't know, like, I think the salary cap went up again, so the NBA should be thankful that they're they're still getting money. They still have the ability to pay players more. I know that uh, Deadrick Fox just signed a super max deal that was worth, you know, $163 million yeah, over to, five years. Yeah, so, I mean... They should be thankful that they still have money, and I think uh, they should be thankful that um, they were one of the leagues at the forefront of, like, uh, the social movement in America, and I think it's just they were the one league that more or less took it head-on than every other league did. So, I mean, uh, they sh- I mean, I guess that would be something that we would all be thankful for is, like, hey, like, this big like entity whether you know whatever you want to call sports or not this big corporate entity you know has decided to take on a, a social role and a social movement and be more progressive than we've ever seen you know the NBA the NFL all these sports so I think that's just something that we can all be thankful for as the NBA this year played a role in our lives and something that the NBA can be thankful for is that they're still you know generating revenue in a time that you know business as a whole is kind of dying so what would you say the NBA would be thankful for um I, I don't know I think you kind of had it on the head I mean they were really at the forefront of the social justice movement this year um I don't know I mean 
I wouldn't say that. I'd say, I think I would, if I was them, I'd be thankful for the fact that they got through the playoffs. You know, they yeah. dealt with the positives that they had. If they yeah. had them, um, they were able to kind of bubble in, prevent any uh, any major outbreak of COVID throughout the course of the playoff. But um, I think they should be thankful for, yeah, that executing of that playoff. I mean, it was executed really well, um, and they were really able to keep kind of pushing through when every, everything was kind of grinding to a halt. <laughs> Yeah, who was that? Who was the one guy who got in trouble? Because you're of thinking of Rudy Gobert when he, uh, you think of when no, he was touching no, all the mics no, and then got COVID. Yeah, I remember that. That was like the first time that was it the ever first, happened. Yeah. No, who was the guy that left the bubble to do something? Oh, he was on the Lakers, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know if he was on the Lakers or not, but he Ooh. left to like get food. I thought he went to a, go to a club or to get yeah. chicken wings yeah, or something. Yeah, it was chicken wings <laughs> at a club, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me see here. I can't. NBA player leaves bubble for wings. That's Yeah, that's probably That would it. be Rashawn Holmes. I guess I have no idea who that he's is. From the, he's from the, uh, the Kings. I almost said the LA Kings. The Sacramento Kings. I don't know. It wasn't him. Well, it was it was him. He left his bubble on July thirteenth. Uh, Lou Williams. That's who you're thinking. Yeah. About. Lou Williams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Went to for the Magic City Hot Wings. <laughs> he was in there. Oh, he was Lord in the bubble. Of mercy. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. The NHL. I'll, I guess I'll take the first the first shot here at the NHL. Um, you know, I think they've got to be thankful for the again the COVID measures. Um, the NHL didn't have a I think a single positive. Uh, throughout the entirety of their yeah, postseason de- run, well, they really depends, executed well. Yeah, it depends on what kind of press you're talking about. Like, unfit to play was essentially probably COVID. So. Right, and we had a lot of those. Oh, no, no, they did have COVID. I'm sorry, they did. I don't know who I'm thinking of. It was. I just know it was down the line. They did not have, Yeah. you know, they were like able to. Outbreak. They, they only have, had a, a couple players, not teams. Yeah, they were able to effectively bubble, effectively quarantine. And then down the stretch, yeah, not having those, uh, the COVID outbreak, I think they should be grateful. I think they had probably the most entertaining playoff of any of the leagues that have played thus far. You know, I think the NBA, we've talked about it, we've beat it over the head repeatedly how boring the NBA playoffs were this year that one Thursday night game drew more fans than the entire NBA finals did. Um, I think the NHL was really entertaining to watch this year, and I think they found a really creative way with the play-in tournament yeah. to make up for the lack of the playoff chase down the stretch, you know? The thrill of watching teams like Montreal and Chicago advance, even though they both went and got smoked in the first round of the playoffs. You know, watching those teams, watching these teams scrap and battle it out in that best-of-five series, um, I think that was really smart. I think they should be thankful that they really probably ran the best playoff, I think, in my opinion, out of everybody. Yeah, it depends. I'm also still confused, though, because I hope they count that playoff the the play in tournament as just regular season stats but some places i saw they were like playoff stats so i have no idea what how those are being recorded but but yeah um a lot of teams got a chance that they otherwise wouldn't and i mean made up for down the stretch battles in the span of three games i mean what was it best of three or best of five it was best of five so i mean i remember pittsburgh i think pittsburgh losing out was probably the most yeah. Them and Edmonton both. So, I mean. so it's just, I think it's just like making up for that down to stretch and the kind of, like, I mean, most teams only had seven or eight games. So, um, but I think uh, the NHL should 
just be I I guess it would be the same for the NBA, but just the ability to have a draft so soon, the ability to have a semi-normal draft. I mean, they had to get through a lot more than the NBA did with only two rounds as compared to seven. And they did it, like, you know, faster than I think normal because I think they did it all in one day, whereas it's usually, you know, two or three days. So um, I know they did, like, the first two rounds and then three through seven the next day. Um, so they should just be thankful that – they got through that, and especially when you're drafting a lot of people internationally, um, just making those plans if they're going to play, where they're going to go, you know, telecommunications to other countries, and just having all the logistics work out. So um, definitely a more complicated draft to put together than uh, the NBA, but um, I think the NHL did a great job, and I think that's definitely something that they can be thankful for and proud of that they got through. All right, and then uh, the MLB. <clears throat> you can take the first shot there. Um, the MLB should be thankful that they had a season. With all the, you know, players and owners and everyone disagreeing at the start of the season on how it's going to go, how much they're going to get paid, who's all going to opt out, uh, they should just be lucky that they had a season and that they didn't have – a lot more people opt out than you know than normal especially your star players are more the ones viable to uh, opt out so I think that just for them to have a complete season in some way shape or form and get to the playoffs and finish the playoffs especially with the COVID outbreaks that they had um, was a success for them whether whether or not you liked what kind of new rules they implemented and all this different stuff and how they made you know teams make up for COVID and how you felt about your team your team making or missing the playoffs because of the shortened season you know that's up for interpretation but I think as the MLB just having a season go all the way to the end is successful and just having some sort of way just to like you know make money that year and you know, for the players to make money and for the, you know, the teams to make money so that they can at least just stay afloat, especially, you know, being the MLB kind of, you know, that that's a big ticket item is not necessarily watching the MLB on TV. It's going to the games. I mean, they're so cheap. So just to not have that, I'm sure hurts them a lot more than it, um, you know, than a lot of other leagues would. So just for them to have a season and get, you know, some sort of money for the players and for them, the the teams themselves is is a success in my opinion for them. Will be. Yeah, <coughs> that's yeah. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, they should really be thankful that they actually got off the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, it looks like it looked for the longest the time week that the Marlins had like a lot of all cases, their cases and the Cardinals when that outbreak happened in their clubhouse. I mean, they, they, yeah, that first bit when the Marlins are canceling, you know, series after series after series, and they're like, well, you got to make these games up. And, um, yeah, it looked for a long time like they were not going to get off the ground. So yeah. I'm, I would also say that they should be thankful that they even got through the whole thing um, as opposed to what could have happened. Um, and then last but not least, uh, well, you know, we'll take a quick intermission very briefly and then. We'll come back and hit the NFL over the head.
with yeah, what they should all be, be thankful this for. This will probably be a longer one, so <coughs> we'll take a quick fasten break. your seat belts, and uh, yeah, we'll be back on WJMU 89.5 The Quad. Welcome back to the shutout here on WJMU 89.5 The Quad. Um, we're back with the NFL. So we're going to go through each NFL team they're currently playing and uh, talk about what they have to be thankful for. Starting with the AFC North, the Steelers. Felix, what do you got? The Steelers um, should be thankful that they have a well-rounded team. They have a bunch of pieces. And it's not so much where they can hit you on offense, it's that they can hit you everywhere from offense. And so just having that receiver core, having a competent quarterback, having a good running back, and then having, you know, not necessarily one of the, uh, the you know, I don't know if I would put the Steelers D in, it, in the top three, but being a stable defense and being able to, you know, let your team win. So just having an all-around team that, you know, has proven successful and is the reason that they're undefeated and going in, probably going into the playoffs, you know, as one of the strong, you know, one of the stronger teams that you don't want to play. Yeah, I think they, you know, if I'm them, I'm thankful for where they are positional, positioning themselves record-wise right now. You know, I think 9-0 and is not where any person on this planet expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to be with Big Ben coming off an injury. Uh you know, Juju had under kind of underperformed last year. You kind of had a question mark at running back. Um, the the entire wide receiver core, really, with Deontay Johnson on an injury at the beginning of the year, all this stuff that kind of happened. Um, people really question where they could have been. I think nine and zero puts them in a spot where they could completely just wet the bed for the last couple weeks, and yeah. they would still be in a good spot to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. you look at the fact they could go two and five in the last seven games, and most likely have a like a a lock at a wild card spot. So um, I think that's they're thankful for that. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, if I'm the Bengals, I'm thankful for Joe Burrow. I'm thankful for the fact that this rookie quarterback is developing so well. He's not making as many of the rookie mistakes as we've seen even top-ranked rookies make. I mean, you're looking at guys like guys like Sam Darnold, guys like Mitch Trubisky that you know are three, four years into the league and are still, we're still making rookie mistakes, still being frustrated by you know the most basic of defensive coverages. Um, I think you're really grateful that Joe Burrow at T. Higgins, they're getting a really good chemistry. I think you're really happy with the way the team is trending, even though you're not winning games. Um, you're happy with the way that things are looking because the future is bright in Cincinnati right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw how, you know, Washington benched Haskins, how fast he was put out of commission. And, I mean, I guess that's that's the way it is. I mean, I guess that's the way it should be on a, on a Ron Rivera team of just like, hey, you're not performing, so goodbye. And, you know, the Jets didn't do that with Darnold. They gave him another shot. He hasn't proven himself. He's just proven that he's injury-prone now. And Trubisky hasn't proven anything as well. He just does the same exact thing the next year. So, 
it's just kind of the same monotonous thing. And so it's good for Washington to kind of move on and hopefully, you know, find some diamond of the rough or have to go back to the draft. Um, not as soon as they want, but, but yeah, um, I think Cincinnati should be thankful. Uh, I don't, I, it's hard to say that, you know, wins and losses, they could be thankful for because that tie is not helping them at all. So, because it's not going to push them higher in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Cincinnati should just be, you know, I'm going to go along with what you said. Uh, just be thankful for Joe Burrow and be thankful that they're competitive in games. I mean, Joe Burrow is hanging on for dear life on these games, but not necessarily being blown out. So the fact that Cincinnati can watch football every Sunday and, like, just say, oh, we're not going to get crushed at least. I mean, the Steelers, yeah, 36-10, to 10, but, you know, the Steelers are undefeated and you guys are at the bottom of the division and it's a divisional game. So uh, just to just to be competitive with the rest of the league um, at, what, 2-5-1 or 2-6-1? 2-6-1. I mean, that's not... That's not awful, but in the division that they are, you know, those teams are pretty good. So um, just to be able to be competitive with the rest of the teams is good. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, next up, the Baltimore Ravens. What are they thankful for? Um, the Ravens should definitely be thankful for, you know, their record. Um, <clears throat> I think that the Ravens have – done well with what they what they're given but i think that we're seeing some flaws in who the ravens actually are so um just to have that record and most likely be in a spot where you're going to make the playoffs and you are going to be one of the top wild cards and as long as they hang on to that and win some key games i think uh just making the playoffs for them would definitely be something to be thankful for and i don't think uh the Ravens necessarily are that consistent or that you know good of a team to make it as far in the playoffs as they did last year. Yeah, I agree. I think they're thankful again for that position that they're in. You know, they've quietly been able to sneak themselves into a position to make the playoffs and be kind of contending for that division lead behind Pittsburgh. Um, and I say quietly because you know, like you said, they've been inconsistent. They've been just flat out bad sometimes. I mean. We've all heard Lamar Jackson calling, you know, people call our plays at the line. The linebacker calls out what play we're going to run, and then it gets stuffed at the line because they know our playbook, you know. So they've, they've been basic. They've been mediocre at times. But, you know, I think if you're them, you're, you're again, happy that you're at, I think it's 7-3, seven 7-2, and 6-3, seven and seven and something like that. Yeah, 6-3, uh, I think. They've got that. That is a great spot to be in for them heading into the back half of the season here to try and lock up a spot they've got room for a couple of bad games they've got room for an error or two if they have it or a couple of mistakes so um i think they're they're happy with the spot that they're in um the cleveland browns um i guess you know you're happy that nick chubb is back that you're thankful for nick chubb being back uh i think they really missed him in the run game kareem hunt is a talented running back he's not the same back he was when he was in kansas city he's definitely not that same back anymore but I think you are definitely happy to have Nick Chubb back. I think that they complement each other really well, and I think that just, you know, coming off of an MCL, the game that he just had last week, hundred and I think it's 120-something yards on 19 carries, or I forget exactly what the what the, uh, the totals were or anything like that, but, you know, I think they're really happy to have him back, so they're thankful for him. 
Uh, Cleveland should be thankful that they finally have hope. And they've been a team in the dumps for, you know, the past couple of years, pre-Baker Mayfield and the first couple of years of Baker Mayfield. So they should just be thankful that uh, they're contending at, you know, debatable or not whether they're contending at the worst time when their division actually decided to be good. But, but yeah, I mean, being able to be classified with Baltimore and Pittsburgh is something they never thought Cleveland would be. I mean, with Andy Dalton and Cincinnati, you could even put them above Cleveland for most years. So it's just it, it's thankful that you're not last in the division and that you actually have hope for a, a playoff spot, and we'll see how that unfolds and how well Cleveland can keep going. But, um, you know, so far, it's pretty good. So, yeah, be thankful uh, that your team isn't just garbage now. Getting run over anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the AFC South here, the Indianapolis Colts, what are they thankful for? Uh, the Colts should be thankful for their defense. I mean, obviously, they their defense has definitely carried them and has been, you know, statistically one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in almost every category this season. So Indianapolis is playing extremely well, and the reason that they have the record that they have is because, you know, their defense goes in and holds the other team to, you know, only two or three scores a game. So um, just being able to, you know, have that defense and be able to, you know, basically um, associate your wins with your defense is, is, is sometimes better than having it with your offense. So, yeah. Um pretty much the Tennessee Titans they are thankful I'm going to say just for Derrick Henry alone I mean you're always thankful for Derrick Henry I can't really say position with them because they did by losing to Indianapolis kind of put themselves in a bit of a tough spot losing that division lead um, I think you're thankful for the run game that Derrick Henry's given you that guy's given you an absolute ton he's a <clears throat> unit and a half yeah um, I don't think this team is what it is I think that Derrick Henry and this Titans offense that has gelled so well. You kind of have to pick your poison of what you defend against. I think it's made it really hard, and then they've kind of carried what's been a mediocre, lackluster defense at times. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that they're thankful for their division that they're in, that they're still in the position to you know, be a game or two behind um, for that division lead. It This division is also probably going to send one wild card so it's just going to be, you know, who goes. They're going to be that fringe wild card spot. It looks like the race is developing between, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Miami, all these different teams. So just being in the division that they are and being able to still contend for the division lead um, is definitely a good feeling. You know, Indianapolis is not the best division leader out there. So. Um, if Tennessee can put together some wins, they can easily take that division back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Houston Texans, what are they thankful for? Oh, Lord. Um, the Houston Texans. Um, so I think they're just thankful that they hung on to Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think he's making the best with what he's been given. I think uh, that offense is better than what they've shown this season. Um, so I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily know what um, that means for them, but 
Um, just being able to hold on to him, I think he changes an entire offense, and uh, he is definitely very good. So just being able to hang on to him while you've like traded away a bunch of players and kind of starting to rebuild um, is definitely a step in the right direction. But a lot of pieces to go, and hopefully he sticks around for the entire thing. Yeah, if you're Houston, I think at this point um, you're thankful for what you can get. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're thankful that you fired uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien for the after the D Hop trade and everything that really you are looking you're looking at it and you lost the trade. I mean, there's you didn't win yeah. that trade. You in no way, shape, or form trade away DeAndre Hopkins and win the trade. It's not possible. Um, so. I think that they're, you're just kind of thankful for what you can get. And like you said, the fact that Deshaun Watson's still here, that he is still doing his best for this team um, in a year where it's already a wash pretty much. I mean, yeah. they're not going to make the playoffs with a record of 2-3 and three and whatever. With a record of 2-7, and seven, they're sitting at 14th in the AFC. Um, I'm going to just check 538 really quick and see if uh, – uh, and see uh, where they're at with their playoff odds. Uh, they have now a less than one percent chance to make the playoffs. So yeah, you're the season's a wash. So it's kind of just done for. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, alrighty, that takes care of Houston. Uh, next up, probably one of the hardest ones for us, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Felix is now uh, turning around in his chair. I'm going to take the first shot on this one. James Robinson, you are so, so thankful for James Robinson. If you are Jacksonville, um, this guy is having just an absolutely fantastic rookie year for you guys. You know, on a team that's 1-8, and eight, I think, uh, I'm pulling up James Robinson's stats here. I know personally for me, I've got him on my fantasy team. I love him. I love him. He's one of the best fantasy players out there in terms of running backs. He's has just put together an absolutely amazing year, 689 rushing yards and five touchdowns. He's averaging four he's averaging four yards a carry on an offense that averages maybe 15 points a game. You know, he's averaging the four yards a carry. Um, and then if I can just double check his receiving, I think is somewhere. Um, not sure where he is somewhere. He is the number four running back in fantasy football as a rookie on a team that's one and eight. So, you know, you're just so thankful for the rookie year that he's having and knowing that you have a solid future at running back, you know, that's an area that you can now kind of shore it up. It's taken care of. So Felix, what do you got for the one and eight Jags? Um, seven Jags. Is it one Nope, I would just yeah, I would just be thankful for their youth on the team that they have so many young players. I mean, all their quarterbacks are young, like you mentioned, James Robinson, and then uh, I mean, I would assume that the defense is young. Um, at least it should be if you're going to rebuild. So um, just the fact that um, just the fact that they're young and they have hope coming to the future, and. You know, just trying to stay positive right now and get through it and hold on to some of those pieces and then keep putting more and more in just the fact uh, that if you can get those key guys like James Robinson to believe in management and everything, um, you're going to be back to that Jacksonville team that made it to the AFC Championship. We forget about that. They were there three years ago. Not that long. They were against the Patriots and almost beat them to go to the Super Bowl. So just the fact that uh, 
you know, they can have such a quick turnaround from that amazing defense Jags with Blake Bortles, you know, taking them down the field to... I don't think we're ever going to see Blake Bortles take anything down the field ever again. (laughs) So just to have such a quick turnaround for a rebuild uh, possibly coming your way and just getting those pieces pretty early is is a good feeling, especially at a position like running back. All right, you're up first here. AFC East, the New England Patriots. Uh, New England should be thankful I'm going to say that Belichick knows what he's doing. Um, Belichick's going to make the tough decisions, or whether Kraft or whatever. Uh, who's the GM? Is Robert Kraft, yeah. Oh, so no, he the is the GM. And the no, owner. Bel- Belichick's the GM and the head coach. Oh. Robert Kraft is just so getting arrested for things as the team's owner. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just Belichick knows what he's doing. He's going to cut people that he doesn't like. He's going to build the team that he wants. And I think as long as he's there, he's going to create a winning culture. Whether the Patriots have a winning season or not, he's going to create a winning culture and give them a couple, couple more years. It's like it's like when you hire a college coach and they come in for the first year and you're like, why, why isn't my team winning? They suck. And it's like they don't suck because the coach just needs you know his recruiting class. He needs to build it the way he does. So just give Belichick you know, his chance, his figurative recruiting class and let them go at it again but they've been battling injuries and everything so um, just be thankful that you have Bill Belichick and if you fire him because of uh, the bad seasons you will definitely it'll be something you regret regardless of whether he goes to another team or just retires that would be a bad move so all right yeah um, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you on that one again um, Miami Dolphins, you are thankful for Tua. You know, I know that we went off on him on the Dolphins for benching Ryan Fitzpatrick um, like a month and a half ago. It feels ancient now. Yeah. Um, we went off on the Dolphins for benching Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Tua's working out really well. You know, I think he's showing good football IQ. He's making good plays. Um, I think you're also thankful that he's a lefty because he really throws a lot of defenses off having to scheme against the left-handed quarterback. And with him being really only one of the only left-handed starter out of I think 30 out of the 32 I'm pretty sure he's the only lefty yeah he's the, he's the first lefty in a while that has been good and and just you know um I think you're really thankful for the progress that he's made yeah and I think uh you're just thankful for your defensive special teams that have been winning you these last couple games um just the fact that they've showed up and uh, maybe not the most consistent of of defenses and special teams but Still showing up and winning you games as um, Tua is starting to put together uh, what he can on offense. And but you know that week against the Rams, they held off enough to hold the Rams under 20, and um, to be able to do that against a team that's so uh, you know pretty good in that NFC West division, um, you know is something to be proud of and I think uh, the Dolphins are surprising a lot of people and on the come up this year and uh, we'll see how they do if they do end up making the playoffs and we'll see how they end the season but yeah you know everyone everyone's got to cheer for Tua and just being a left-handed quarterback the future for left-handed quarterbacks hopefully uh, he does good in his career um, but yeah otherwise I don't think he's necessarily winning them games now as much as their defense and 
just special teams has been. All right. Um, it's wrong page. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills can be thankful for Josh Allen's near MVP season. I still don't really understand how he's not up in the conversation. Um, and Kyler Murray's probably going to be up in the, in the three now instead of um, Russell Wilson because I swear if you classify Russell Wilson in the MVP, I'm going to be angry. So um, just him putting together the season that he has with – how young he is is very special and uh, Buffalo should consider them lucky that they have such a good playmaker on their team and that they will be good with no matter what happens with all the rotating pieces yeah um, I agree I think the MVP season is probably something they can all be thankful for uh, over in Buffalo the Bills Mafia Um, the New York Jets uh, you're thankful (laughs) that this season is over halfway over we're nine games in (laughs) Um, very pessimistic. I, you know what, man? You want to tell me what the Jets are thankful for? Please go ahead. Are you thankful for your um, injured quarterback? No, are you no, thankful no, for no, your no, your no, your no, your no. secondary getting pieced up by everybody no. who's who's playing football? <laughs> I am thankful that Joe Douglas is not afraid to make moves, and that we have Joe Douglas as our GM. Um, he cut cornerback number one, and then our nickel corner has season-ending surgery. But he like. Joe Douglas does not care, and that's something good to see. I mean, it's kind of like the Belichick mantra of just get out if you're not going to play well or get out if you're not going to fit the system. So the fact that he's willing to just cut people, sign people to one-year prove-it deals, I think not necessarily working this year. I mean, of course, nothing's going to work for them this year, but – down the road, I think he's going to build the proper team, and the Jets are finally going to rebuild a team that is actually good, aside from, you know, drafting these trash, garbage quarterbacks of, you know, Mark Sanchez was the last good one we drafted, and then Geno Smith and Bryce Petty and now Darnold added to the list of just garbage quarterbacks that never worked out for us. And just reminds that we traded up for Darnold, which kind of sucks. I mean, oh, we're in that boat. Of course, of course, Baker went first, and I didn't know how I felt about Baker, but now I'd much rather have him. But you know, Darnold went before Josh Allen. Great, that's a great thing to look at. And Lamar Jackson went in that draft, so great thing to look at. But uh, it is what it is, and I think Lamar is definitely that dark horse in the draft that no one was going to take. So. you can't really fault your team for not taking him while every single team passed on him. So um, just to have a GM that's ready to rebuild and ready to rebuild the right way is definitely something positive for the Jets and, and hopefully the near future. But it uh, looks like they have some wide receivers. The quarterback change might help them. I don't know how good their rookie running backs will be, but you know, a GM that's going to address the offensive line and – you know, is going to, you know, reshape the defense to something that it should be as, you know, our our players have kind of been leaving or opting out as C.J. Mosley's case. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it might be a couple more years, even even if uh, the most the, the best situation happens. I don't think it's going to solve their, <laughs> their issues. Uh, all right, the Vegas Raiders. I think the Vegas Raiders are thankful probably for the offense they've had, you know. 
that offense has quietly been one of the better scoring offenses in the NFL. They've got a lot of weapons they can go to. Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL right now um, in terms of yardage and touchdowns. Um, you know, they're Kansas City's only loss. They're, they're playing well. I think they've just been playing well under the radar. Yeah. Um, they aren't really a team that gets mentioned a whole lot, but I think they're thankful for that offense and how well they've been executing as of late. Yeah, and I think surprisingly they're thankful for their coach. I think he's done a good job at putting the guys together, and uh, the Raiders have been kind of the uh, another joke team of the NFL, not necessarily as bad as some of the more notable ones, but, you know, five-win seasons consistently still puts you at quite, you know, below average. So um, just the way that he could turn around and kind of build his team still around Derek Carr, who – who may be, you know, the next uh, Matt Stafford, or he has talent, but he just can't put together wins. Um, but I think uh, Gruden has done a good job at making that team, you know, viable and winning with what he was given, not necessarily changing a lot of pieces. So good for the Raiders. All right. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs, what do you got? Um, they should just be thankful that, you know, that they've only lost one game, I'll say that. Uh, I think they've been in a lot of games, and I think uh, people have definitely started to figure them out and know how to game plan against them. So it's just that kind of learning curve of young quarterbacks of like, all right, well, now how am I going to play when defenses know what I'm capable of and know you know what to expect? So um, they definitely haven't looked the same, and I think uh, they're lucky that they only have one loss. I still... I still think they lead that division in whatever way you put it, but um, just to have one loss putting themselves in a great spot is uh, very good for the Chiefs. But, um, you know, yeah, just be thankful that uh, you come out with those wins in the tight games. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're grateful. You're grateful. I think also partially that Mahomes hasn't been injured, you know. Um, that contract that he's got is large. Oh, yeah. Large contract and an injury, especially a that. large one. What? <laughs> So we just talked about long contracts and what happens. Yeah, in last week's episode we did. And, uh, yeah, you're really grateful that he hasn't gotten injured. Nothing's happened to him. She's had a relatively scot-free season so far. Yeah. So we're hoping that they uh, – they're hoping at least that they can keep that uh, momentum up. Um, the Broncos? Uh, you're grateful uh, You're that... grateful that uh, Jerry Judy's developing and that uh, he looks – like actually the best wide receiver in the draft um the jets to say that they were on a conversation to get cd lamb and um you know cd lamb or rugs kind of like you know makes me sick now looking back at it because they're not what they were made out to be i don't think they ever will be just little baby slot receivers that you know maybe have a good game kind of like uh, i would compare them both you know, they're, they're being compared to, like, Tyreek Hill because apparently he's just the reigning MVP every single year now that he had the one good season. But um, I think he compares to, like, a, a Cole Beasley or a Christian Kirk. You know, uh, you either you either go, you know, have a great game in the slot or you have a terrible game in the slot. And I think that's going to be C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely – where – what team are we on? I completely just blanked. That was the Broncos. Oh, yeah, so Jerry Judy. Um, just being the best wide receiver out of the draft and getting lucky with picking him 
Uh, definitely don't have pieces there, and it sucks to have Von Miller out. But, um, yeah, just having him is definitely important. All right, and then finally for the AFC, before we take a quick break here, the L.A. Chargers. You're thankful for, you know, it's pretty obvious. You're yeah. thankful for Justin Herbert. Yeah. You are so beyond thankful that Justin Herbert has come in here and basically just balled out for you. I mean, oh, yeah. he has done been everything you wanted and then some. Done everything you wanted and then some. He came in, threw for, what, 300 yards, in, almost 300 yards in yeah. his first game. He's been throwing the lights out. He's got a favorable matchup this week against the New York Jets secondary that's gotten carved up pretty well. Um, you're just so thankful for everything that that kid has done and yeah. how you basically upon basically because your team doctor stabbed your quarterback in the chest with a needle, <laughs> you now uncovered a long-term starter in Justin Herbert who is projected to not be that long-term starter. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Herbert, you're thankful for that opportunity and that you're yeah, making most of it. Yeah, I definitely agree that Herbert has saved their season and definitely something that they should obviously be thankful for. So, All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with the NFC, what they should be thankful for. So we will see you after the break on WJMU 89.5, The Quad. Welcome back to the shutout here on WJMU 89.5 The Quad. We've got the NFC list of what they're thankful for. Um, some teams will be more thankful than others. Um, we're going to kick it off right away. The NFC North, Chicago Bears, you're thankful for the defense and the week schedule in the back, the week back half of the schedule here. Um, I think the Bears had a week. Of, they kind of had a week outside of their schedule. The meet in the middle, we kind of got beat up pretty bad, which we thought was going to happen. You know, we played a gauntlet of teams. We're getting out of it after Green Bay next week. Um, we will be getting out of that gauntlet. Our current L four streak. Yeah, it's probably going to get to L five, and then hopefully we can uh, right the ship here. Um, most most Bears fans had us at about eleven and five, ten and six. So I mean. You know, and I think the last yeah, the last close the, the last five games, yeah, the last five games are very winnable for the Bears. You're looking at teams. Uh, we just had it pulled up. Uh, you're looking at teams like Minnesota. the Jaguars. You got to play Minnesota again. Jaguars. You're going to play the, the Jaguars, Texans. the Texans, and the Lions, and the Packers at home. Um, a lot of us predicted a split with the Packers. We're going to Lambeau Field to lose next week, and then we're probably going to win in Week 17. We beat them on the second time around the last three years in a row. Uh, and then Minnesota, we are probably going to split with Minnesota. We should sweep Detroit. They're not that good. And then uh, the Jaguars are just a joke. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I think they're thankful for that, and they're thankful for the defense because they've held us in a ton of games. Cleo Mack is back to his Defensive Player of the Year form. I know he got kind of shadowed last year because he was getting, you know, triple-teamed every, every play. Um, I think the addition of Robert Quinn, although his stats don't look as good as Leonard Floyd's, I think that he does draw more attention from that offensive line, which has allowed Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and Khalil Mack to get more open, to be given more of those. We saw it, I think, three times last last week. Minnesota had holding flags thrown because Khalil Mack got matched one-on-one with a tight end. Yeah, let's go ahead and... Throw Kyle Rudolph against the one of the best sack artists in the league and see how that one goes. We already know how it goes. They just hold him, and then the Cleo Max running through him as he's getting tackled by the tight end on the play. So 
you know, I think we're grateful for what the defense has done to hold us in these games and make them, you know, look more respectable than what they actually are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, up next, Green Bay Packers. What are they thankful for, Felix? Uh, they're thankful that Aaron Rodgers can make do with whatever he's given. The Packers look like trash on paper, and then Aaron Rodgers somehow makes them, you know, the best team in the NFC North every single year. So thankful that Aaron Rodgers just works what he's given with, even without the, even without his coach, even without, you know, wide receivers that seem to be amazing, and even without a defense that has not looked good in about 10 years. Aaron Rodgers has made do. The reason he hasn't won a Super Bowl is because they can't put a defense behind him. But he goes to the playoffs every year. He leads the NFC North every year. So, Yeah, I agree. The uh, the NFC Vikings. <laughs> uh, the Minnesota Vikings, you are thankful for the recovery. The Vikings had probably one of the most disastrous starts I've ever seen in my life. They traded away Stephon Diggs and then imploded on themselves. I mean, absolutely imploded on themselves. One in five. Kirk Cousins... I think through more picks than touchdowns in the first four games of the year, they start one and five. They're now back in divisional and playoff contention, you know, at four and five. And with a bye week here for the Bears, they could tie the Bears at five and five for that second that second seed. They I think would tie them for eighth as well, and maybe right on the cusp of the playoffs. So if you're the Vikings, you are so thankful and for them and for Dalvin Cook, obviously. But yeah. that recovery they've made has just been crucial to saving this year for them. They've salvaged it. Yeah. And the Detroit Lions. Um, <clears throat> Detroit should be thankful that uh, we have a couple people coming off injury and uh, that the offenses, you know, stayed together. I think that they've had Stafford. Now they have on Johnson and now DeAndre Swift, who's looking amazing, um, and Adrian Peterson, a mentor of those people. Then you have Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. You have Hall uh, on the receiving core, which is extremely good. And now you just have to address the defense. So the offensive side of the ball, it looks great. Um, but they just they, they can't stay in games. I don't think you can be thankful for a second for Matt Patricia because he's been a trash coach ever since he showed up. And nothing could really be acquitted to him because Stafford has looked the same that he has all year, or, uh, his whole career. And it's, it's just the same old lines. You go up big and then you lose. You don't know how. You don't think there's any way that they could lose, and yet, you know, you saw Washington come back 21 unanswered and nearly win the game. Well, and the Bears do it week one. Yeah, so it's just, it's the same old Lions, and I don't understand what they can't get right and what they're missing, but yeah, you're thankful for all your offensive weapons that you at least have. Whether you utilize them or not is up to you. All right, moving into the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints, they are so thankful for the quarterback depth. I think it's going to save them here. You know, having three three guys that are qualified to start on that roster. So when Drew Brees just, goes down, I think it's so stupid that they're not starting Jameis Winston. Who, in my opinion, yes, he threw so many interceptions, but now he sat behind Drew Brees. He knows what to look for. He's been with the offense. It doesn't make sense why you would start Taysom Hill, and it makes me wonder now. I think Jameis Winston only signed a year deal with him. He's going to go somewhere else and start. He's going to go to the Broncos and start. He's going to go to, you know, wherever and go start. I mean, you're just throwing him away, whereas you could re-sign Jameis Winston to actually be the person to take, you know, the field after Drew Brees leaves. And I don't think Taysom Hill is that person. I think Taysom Hill is comparable to Lamar Jackson. He's just going to get shut down. You're not going to run the option. The Saints offense has never ran the option. It's ran under Drew Brees, a throwing quarterback. And it should stay that way. And Jameis Winston is not a bad throwing quarterback. Yes, 
he made a ton of mistakes uh, in Tampa Bay. That's what happens when you're a young quarterback and you're throwing 60 times a game to keep your team in it. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans will never have stats like that ever again, uh, even with Brady. So the fact that they didn't start James Winston is just so dumb. But, yeah, I mean, they should be thankful for the quarterback depth, even though I don't think that they're utilizing it to their main advantage. It doesn't make sense why Taysom Hill is starting, where he has not proven anything, unlike Jameis Winston, who nearly came off a season where he would have been the MVP if he didn't throw that many interceptions. So, I, to me, that doesn't make sense, and I think Jameis would provide a lot of benefit. Since, you know, Jameis came in for that last game and won the game and finished it, not necessarily him putting up so many points to win it or, or them being in a competitive game to win it, but still came in, I just don't understand. And, I mean, I'm sure Sean Payton will realize, you know, if it's working or not, he's going to bench Hill. I'm sure that they're that flexible. To just be like, yeah, if we're down, if we're down by anything at halftime, we're putting in Jameis and we're going back to the throwing offense that we've known. So, to me, I I don't know. I would almost have the Saints on upset alert this coming week. I don't know if I don't know how my picks looked relating to everything because Drew Brees was day to day, and I think we knew he was going to be out, but I assumed Jameis Winston was going to start. So, I don't know. But, yeah, you're definitely thankful for the position that you're in, especially in the division, in the hard division that you are. And you're thankful that uh, you're in the lead, correct? Uh, they are. Right yeah, now, so, so by, I think, a game. So uh, you're just going to be thankful for that, and hopefully uh, you get past your divisional games coming into the back half of the schedule. Yeah. Tampa Bay, what do you got? Um, you're thankful for every weapon that you put around Brady because sometimes he looks like trash and sometimes he looks like the goat that he is. But... Um, uh, I think that's his weapons, you know, playing well. So I think it's just every piece that you put around him has made him successful and has been the only reason he's been successful. All right. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, you're I think thankful you're... that Christian McCaffrey came back. He's out again. Well, I, even if he came back for one okay. game, they won that game. Okay. I saying, or no, you know, no, no, they lost to the Chiefs. I think you are thankful that Christian McCaffrey did come back. I think you're thankful for what he has given you. If you're a fantasy owner, you're thankful for what he's given you in those weeks he's been here. He's put up, I think 23 was the lowest number that he's put up yeah. this year. So uh, you're thankful for everything that he's given you. Um, I think they're just going to be thankful when he is back for good and they can utilize him again. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons, you're thankful that interim coaching worked better than your actual coaching did. You know, the Falcons, I believe, are still an afterthought in the NFC right now. Uh, they are, Well, no. You, this is what I'm talking about. You know, they were 0-5 under Dan Quinn. They fired Dan Quinn. Everyone saw it coming. Now they're 3-6, and 3-1 and under the interim coach. You know, you're, you're thankful that interim coaching worked out. You're thankful that your offense is finally firing on all cylinders. Your defense is finding some way to stop, stop anything. You know, you're thankful that the offense is firing even when you don't want them to. They're scoring, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're thankful. I think everything that's gone on with that interim head coach and how badly we've seen interim coaches just completely botch situations before. You know, yeah. you watch, you look at even even not in football, even in franchises like the Chicago Bulls that that made Jim Boylan our interim head coach and then signed him and then he just ruined everything. <laughs> you know, we see so often how interim coaches can just completely blow up a franchise's progress and blow up their potential. I think whoever the interim coach is, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, he is just on it. So hopefully he gets hired because I want to see Atlanta finally succeed again and 
and and get back to the top form they were achieving back in like 2017 when they were in the the big one against uh, New England. Uh, that takes care of that. Um, we're gonna skip the NFC East for right now. We'll come back to them because we need to we need to pick our brains for something that that division can be thankful for. Um, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. What do you got? Uh, they're thankful for you know their record this season. No one expected them to be that good. I was one of the haters that said, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins can't turn around your team and give you more wins, and he just gave him a win. Um, but I think Kyler Murray has stepped up. I think everyone has stepped up and playing extremely well on that team, especially uh, you know their defense has played quite well. Um, no one really expected that. So I think uh, they're just thankful that how well they've played, and you know no one expected them to be here. So I think. Uh, just being competitive in that division and finally being relevant in that division is extremely, you know, a positive for Arizona and their future. Yeah. Uh, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, you are thankful for Russell Wilson in that offense. You know, I know that it's not been perfect. It's definitely had its down, you know, times in the year. Um, your offense has absolutely carried you flying through by the seat of your pants to this, this battle up for the division lead right now. Um, DK Metcalf is turning into a superstar that nobody thought he would be when he dropped. He kept dropping round after round after round, and and you know when the the Seahawks had the insight to take him, they're they're definitely cashing in that pick right now. So I, I wish the Jets would have taken DK Metcalf. I wish the Bears would have taken DK Metcalf. Oh, uh, they! I remember talking about it on draft day with like all the accounts I follow. They were all like all the comments were just like DK still available, DK still available, DK still available, and then it was just like Well you know I can just go. I can remember there's one analyst who put his foot in his mouth and said it takes more than a good body to play football. Yeah, I wanna see where that guy's at now. <laughs> you know, I wanna see that clip come back and say this did not age well buddy because he is now one of the best receivers in this league. One on one to muscle someone out for the ball. I mean yeah. yeah, he's turning into something real. Uh, the L.A. Rams, what do you got? Um, I think they're thankful for the position that they're in and the divisional wins that they've gotten. I think beating the Seahawks and having the Seahawks go on to beat the Cardinals is something that puts them in a better position. So being able to win the games that they need to win and being in a position to take over that division at any time is extremely well for the Rams and something that they should be proud of, being in one of the hardest divisions that we've ever seen in football. And be you know just being able to compete and possibly make a playoff spot in a third position in your division um so just to be in their shoes and to be able to possibly go to the playoffs and finish third in your division is something you know that you can you can definitely take pride in but um you know they've won the division games that they need to now it's just how well do they play against uh you know out of conference teams which consists of the AFC East so they have yet to play the Jets. <laughs> uh, the San Francisco 49ers, you're thankful. I think you're going to be thankful at least when everyone's healthy again. You've been just bitten over and over and over again by the injury bug. It just keeps coming back for more and more and more people. Um, I remember at one point they had, I think, what, was it close to 20 people, I think, was like yeah. listed on their yeah. report. They were just banged up. They were beaten up. Um, you're so thankful everyone's going to be back. Um, and, and, you know, they're not out of it, really. Four and six, uh, you know, you consider the fact that seventh is the Arizona Cardinals. They're at six and four. So they're not out of this by any means. And, and yeah. like we, we said, the, that the NFC West was the most likely division 
to send all in the entire division with the new Almost. expanded format. They could. They could send everyone, and if it wasn't for Tampa Bay being, I th- we all both of us thought Tampa Bay was not going to be a playoff team, or if you did a fringe playoff team at best. Yeah. Um, and we both said that the NFC West might send all four, and believe me, that is by no means off the table at all. By no means is that off the table. So they're in a great spot, and I think they're thankful kind of for what's going on right now. And now we move into the NFC East. I'm going to take the first one where you can think of something for someone else to be thankful for. The Washington football no, team. Oh, that was mine. Yeah. You're going to say uh, Alex Smith. Aren't you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Alex Smith. You're thankful for Alex Smith. Um, after everything that he has gone through for this team and has gone through in the past year, the leg collapse, the... Yeah. 17 surgeries. You're thankful to have him back, to have him playing, and have him playing at a high level. I mean, we're talking to guys throwing 300 yards a game that couldn't walk a year ago. So, you know, you're just thankful for everything, all the progress that he's made. Um, the fact that they had someone to turn to when Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen were, you know, wetting their pants in, in the game. Uh, they could turn to a 38-year-old veteran with a reconstructed knee a reconstructed leg and just say, yeah. here you go. And he comes in and says, all right, I got it for you. Well, Let me go out there and get 340 it. 340 yards. Yeah. Just... Um, I'll do uh, what the top team on the list, the Giants. Um, I'm just going to say youth. I don't think Daniel Jones is that bad. I think that he's going to be the starter next year, and next year is going to be his prove-it year. Um, but I think he's shown flashes of brilliance, and let's hope that this doesn't turn out like a Darnold and Trubisky like we like to make the comparison because they are two closest to our hearts and essentially the same exact thing because they are both probably getting cut after this year. So um, just the fact that um, you're young, you have players, Saquon's going to come back, put that relief off of him. But I think Daniel Jones has played well without him and, I mean, still being in the position to win the division um, and win those key divisional games after just beating what? They just beat the Eagles, right? think so yeah um so just being able to do that and putting yourself in a good position to you know be up there with your division leaders which sad to say it's true yeah um i'm gonna go ahead and take the eagles and leave you with the the dallas dumpster fire um yeah if you're the philadelphia eagles you are thankful that you're leading the division you are thankful that of all the three and two win teams in the division, you are the one. That tie is benefiting you over the Giants right now. Um, it's looking real good, honestly. I mean, yeah, it looks bad for Cincinnati, but it looks really yeah. good for uh, it looks really good for uh, for when Philly someone, right now. When someone is contending, it sometimes works well. It depends on because when you have a tie, you're basically hoping that the Giants just lose one more game. Yeah, but if the Giants win that one game, you're screwed. Exactly. So it's like, it's, to me, ties never benefit you in the end. And it's solely because, what, they haven't had their bye. So the, I don't think so. No. Yeah, so the Eagles have to have their bye, and then the Giants, when lost in their bye, can change the complete outcome of the season now. Yeah. Um, they're thankful that they're in the lead, though, um, and that they, I mean, you don't want to say they're in the driver's seat. I think they're in the driver's seat, but the door's been ripped off the car, and they're kind of—it's like it's like, it's like know, Call of Duty they're zombies. In, they're yeah, trying to drag them out the side there. No, I think they're 
they're in the driver's seat, but they need a booster seat to be on the level <laughs> of any other team in the division. They can't reach the gas pedal and because they're going to score zero in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think there is a gas pedal in any of the cars in that division. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the NFC East, pedal. I think, is compared to a, it's like a lemon almost. I mean, yeah, you got the Lamborghini up there at, and Green Bay's. The NFC here. North. Yeah, you're looking at if you're looking at <laughs> yeah, divisions as as no, a car no, just, model. No, no, just the playoff picture. Your division leaders. They're all oh, the division Lambos leaders. and Ferraris. Oh they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna hit the. They're going to hit that little pedal clown car at full speed yeah. and just demolish. It's not going to be so. good. I mean, you're looking at a division. You look at a division, you know, we just looked at the NFC West as, a, I think, the equivalent of a monster truck. <laughs> and then, yeah, you got the clown car eat. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to get absolutely yeah, run when over. It gets, when it gets uh, Arizona or L.A. in the first round. And yeah. Of course, they'll be good. visiting, so, you know, they get to get humiliated in front of their home fans, but. You know. Okay, time That's... for me to do Dallas. Yeah, let's see what uh, you got. You know, I've been waiting for this. I was hoping that you gave me Dallas because, you know what I'm gonna say? Nothing. Dallas is thankful for nothing. You know what? Dak is uh, Dak is hoping to get paid all this money to do what? To suck. To suck and not win games. He, oh yeah, Dak, Dak is on MVP season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he had like, what, two wins to his name? He sucks. He can't win games. He's just a he's just a better Stafford. Take that as you will. He sucks. He can't even make the playoffs and win. Zeke, overpaid piece of garbage. Can't even run the ball. You can say what you want about the offensive line and blah, blah. You got to be a running back at some point. You can't just sit sit behind the line like Le'Veon Bell and wait for him to block for you. So he sucks. He, he sucks, too, and he got that stupid tattoo, and now he's a piece of trash ever since he's gotten it. He's been injured, not enough, blah, blah, whatever. Andy Dalton sucks. We thought he was going to be a good backup. We got his head taken off. Now he can't remember what, what team he plays for. Uh, who, who who came in? Gilbert? Yeah, he almost won a game, surprisingly, on that trash team. He, he might be the only thing you're thankful for. That defense looks god-awful. They don't even want to play for their coach. Oh, it's the coach's fault as they get burnt one-on-one. Yeah, it's definitely the coach's fault. I think the coach could come out and run a better, run a, be a better cornerback than you are. It, it's so stupid. Dallas doesn't even want to play for themselves and their own dignity. And that offensive line, apparently, I've been told from the people who like Dallas, is worse than it is. So you can't be thankful for him. And now you can't associate Zeke being bad with the offensive line. He's just bad in general now. And I'm you know, maybe shifts the blame off Zeke more to the offensive line, shifts the blame off Dak more to the offensive line. But if you can't win, you you know what? You're thankful for the receiving core. And you know what? You're only going to be thankful if they stay around for your trash team so that you can sit there and burn in the fire of the NFC East. You know, being at the bottom of the NFC East is just essentially hell. You're not... You know, New York Jets, yeah, they're they're burning by themselves. That whole division is burning, and the the bottom of it is just is just the pits of hell with Satan. And Satan's talking to him, he's like, "Oh, hey there, buddy. Welcome. We never thought we'd see you down here." You know, I don't I don't know what's worse, knowing that you're the Jets and every analyst, the best analysts, give you four wins, or being Dallas and we're a real contender. We're gonna get twelve wins this year, <laughs> and then they come out and. You know, get two wins. Who cares? Who cares if Dak never gets injured? He's still gonna lose. It, it's plain and simple. If 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 he comes back and you start scoring more, guess what? The other team starts throwing more on your Swiss cheese defense, and they're gonna give up fifty. You know what? 
the Falcons didn't want to pick up the ball because they felt bad for you, because they wanted to give you the win. They knew their defense couldn't stop anyone. It's the same thing with the Lions. They knew the Falcons couldn't stop anyone. They were like, yeah, just let them score. We'll drive 80 yards on them. It's, the Falcons were just like, yeah, you know what? We're going to give this one to Dallas because we know they're never going to win a game from here on out, Dakless or not. So just, they have nothing to be thankful for. If you're a Dallas fan, it's worse than being a New York Jets fan. And that's why being a New York Jets fan, I can find something positive about our team. In Dallas, there's just nothing. You have an ignorant owner, a stupid coach, people who don't want to play for coaches, and they just don't care about their dignity. It's going to be like the Dolphins. They're just going to fire everyone. People are going to be like, yeah, yeah." at one point reports say the entire Dolphins defense wanted to leave. And guess what? Now the Dolphins defense is like, what, top 10? Like, what what happened? So Jerry Jones at some point is going to have to take the thumb out of you-know-where and do something on his team and start firing people. But he's too old. He doesn't even know who's on his team. So he's just, him and Andy Dalton have a conversation that goes in circles for 15 minutes. <laughs> then he just walks out of his office. So I, I I don't understand where Dallas needs to go. I don't know. I don't pretend like I know the solution. They just shouldn't be thankful for anything because their team is the worst in the NFL this year, and they are not treating their fans, and they're going to lose money until a, a decision is made to get rid of a piece that they have that they think is so important and so vital to their team. Thank goodness he didn't pay Dak $145 million like he wanted and pay him just about as much as Patrick Mahomes because yeah, he gets his ankle snapped in half, and now he's not going to be worth your while now, and he, he can't win. You know why Patrick Mahomes got paid that much? He won a Super Bowl. Why would Dak be even paid marginally near when they can barely make it to the playoffs out of one of the worst divisions we've ever seen? Now the worst division that we've probably ever seen, unless you want to date it back to 1918 where they played five games and people went 0-5. But you know what? You, you, you tell me if you can find a positive in that team. You go ahead and tell me if there's I'm not going to sit here and team. tell you there's positives. We've there's all nothing. seen them. We've all seen it. Outside of the win for Dak, that one game, it's been bad. You brought in Ben DiNucci, trash. Oh, yeah. You brought in, you brought in DiNucci, trash. Dalton got his head taken off, and everyone just stood around Dal- and watched it. Yeah, you just and stood Dal- around and watched Dal- it. Dal- Dalton didn't even look good when he came in. No, he looked bad. He gets his head taken off by John Bostic, and, and everyone's just kind of standing in a huddle around, you know. They limp- don't want to play. They no. don't want to play for anyone. They don't want to play for coaches. They don't want to play for anyone. Who do you respect? Do you respect money? Do you, do you want something? Do you want me to threaten you with your job? Like, what do you want me to do? I'll cut the entire Dallas team and just let the backups play. It's not It's not going to be a message enough to just say, oh, get on the bench, that'll teach you. <laughs> you're still getting paid $10 million, and now you're just doing less. Who, who, like, who in their right mind wants to play? Like, if, if you don't have to work for your money, you're not going to work for your money. Benching you is not going to get the message through. If you don't want to swing when your quarterback gets his head taken off, what are you doing? Yeah. Where's your motivation? Yeah, exactly. Where does your allegiance lie? Well, no, Jerry Jones is up there. We're running a great program. We're we're America, Steve. Oh, great. No, you're not. I would trust the, the German football team to play better than the Dallas Cowboys at this point. I would, I, would take any, I would take any rugby team overseas to just whoop the cowgirls. I wouldn't even give them pads. They don't need <laughs> and they would win. <laughs> and, and, uh, that's it. You, we can end on that note. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, uh, better. 
Yeah, we'll end on something better. <laughs> what we're thankful for, personally, at the at the shutout, and that is all of you guys, all of our followers, all of our listeners, uh, the oh, people yeah. who support us. You know, you're the reason that we <laughs> do this. Didn't expect us to take this this turn after me ranting about Dallas. Didn't expect to take a wholesome turn. Oh, a wholesome turn. You wanted me to end on a bad note. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't no. want you to end on a bad <laughs> note. I just didn't expect this. Oh yeah. Well, this is what we're gonna end on. You know, we're thankful. <laughs> Uh, for everyone who listens and everyone who's you know out here listening and taking the time to support us and and uh, we're doing our best. This is we do it for you guys, so you know this is why we do it. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just we just have fun and it's something that we do in our and not necessarily our leisure time, but it's just something that we've set aside and made a habit. And so uh, just having those views, uh, you know, definitely keeps us motivated and keeps us happy and kind of shows us why we do this um so it's just it's fun to have you guys listen and it's fun to have you guys tag along i've been playing with the idea that uh we need a ticket text number and have a section to where we respond to some questions and uh just to get the audience involved um but yeah we're we're doing our best for you guys and um you know we'll continue to do that and hopefully uh continue to keep upping you know the uh up the ante make Make it better every yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, and there's More there's plenty of stuff to do, and with edits and hotkeys and all this stuff that we haven't integrated yet. And I mean, uh, we're just just getting off the ground. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can start integrating some things and just change up the way it is and make it, you know look more professional at times but also just be more fun and have more ability to just do whatever we want so uh we'll be getting some stuff set up and uh hopefully i will encourage more listeners and uh you guys who have been here since the start to uh you know enjoy it more and you know realize how far the podcast has come yeah you know just from this lowly little our our little college campus here in the middle of nowhere in illinois uh we've managed to reach eight states and three countries so you know, it's kind of crazy to think about it. You know, we got we got a listener in Germany, listeners in Australia, listeners in the great state of Illinois, Michigan, Texas, Virginia, Washington, New Jersey, Minnesota, and New York, New York. So, yeah, you guys so, are all over the place. You know, you're not few and far between. I mean, yeah. So it's just it's fun to always have you know to know that you're being listened to, that you're not just talking to yourself and doing it solely for yourself. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely the reason that we keep doing this and we enjoy, uh, you know, seeing a new listen from a new place pop up. So, yeah. So make sure to, you know, now we'll shamelessly plug, make sure to recommend all your friends. If any, you know, anyone who likes sports, sports talk and, and the rants and the hot takes then you know, send them our way and, and we'll be happy to attempt to entertain somebody. So, all right, everyone. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I know we got, a. A couple days to go for Thanksgiving when we're recording this, but uh, everyone have a th- happy Thanksgiving and stay safe. Uh, try not to get old grandma. Try to keep her COVID free and uh, still be able to enjoy the food and enjoy the family time uh, like any other year. So have a great Thanksgiving, anyone, and keep listening to WJMU 89.5 The Quad.